Hello everyone, welcome to the Weeb Initiative, I'm your host, The Weeb. This is the show where every other week I'll be talking about anime, manga and everything in between. This week, I'll be talking about, not for any specific reason, Engage Kiss, original anime made by A1 Studios. I say original, I will clarify that, but let's first start with the disclaimers. Basic disclaimer, spoiler alert, I'll be talking about everything in the plot, although there's not much really to talk about here. There is a plot twist, let's say, by the near the end of the anime, but at the same time it's not really important and it doesn't actually make such a shock factor as many of the plot twists that I have avoided talking about in the past, so I feel pretty comfortable talking about that. When I get to the plot twist, you may as well just close this tab, I mean, this anime is not really great, uh, spoiler alert, right? But I will be talking about why I don't think this anime is really that that engaging, let's say. So, before I get ahead of myself, let's start with the stats. So, Engage Kiss is, first and foremost, a multimedia project made by Aniplex. It started off with the manga that started the run on July 2nd, 2022. It ended up being one volume, I don't know if it is still publishing or not the one thing i can confirm that it has one volume and then the anime series that came after made by a1 picture and one studio a1 picture and one production you you know what i'm saying that ran from july 3rd 2022 to september 25 2022 with 13 episodes no ovas just the normal anime Besides that, there is also the mobile game called Engage Q, made and published by Square Enix. And as I said, mobile game. From what I can gather, it is still running and is part of the universe of this series. So, before I start with the story, let me get some things out of the way. For the most part, this is a bit of housekeeping and explanation of why I'm reviewing this and also uh, the context in which I have entered this review. So for one, I plan to do, uh, let's say, a little shift on how I make these reviews and not in the way that I will change my methods in the way I analyze things and all, but more in, uh, I want to do a deep dive later on this year on a specific theme, a specific genre of anime, and for that I want to, let's say, clear my bucket list. So I'm basically taking out the skeletons from the closet and finally uh, watching things that have been on my list for some time now that I can actually remember. So these next three episodes will be about anime that I have on my bucket list that I have not watched yet, so the first one is this, and the second and third one uh, we'll see more later, but basically, spoiler alert again, Liquor's Recoil for the next one, and then Boshi the Rock, because I have not watched 
them both yet, but I hear that they are good. Now, for the context of why I'm reviewing Engage Keys. So, Engage Keys came out right about the time that Liquor's Recoil came out too, from what I remember. And I remember that the first time I saw something about Engage Keys, the marketing materials for Engage Keys, I remember that I distinctively said to one of my friends that also saw it, that the main character that appears in the thumbnail really looks like Inori from Guilty Crown. And me and my friend, we are really big fans of Guilty Crown. And me, let's say me a bit more, but that's besides the point. The, f the thing is, we both like Guilty Crown a lot. And we both sat there like, oh my god, they copied it. I mean, is a one trying to make a new Guilty Crown? What the fuck is this thing? And that basically spiraled into this... Yeah, this is going on my bucket list, and we'll see about it later. And some months passed, and the whole thing went down. The anime released, and turns out the anime didn't score so well with audiences from everything we can see. If you enter right now on my anime list, I think the overall score is 6.8, 6.9, which is competent, but not good. I feel like it is a bit overblown because of the studio, but I'm going to talk about that in my later. The thing is, I personally, I don't like A1 Pictures in general as a studio nowadays. And if you listen to my episode with the guys from the Animaniacs, I have a hot take that I talk about at the start that is my general opinion about A1 Pictures in general that after they started the adaptation of SAO, Sword Art Online, they basically dropped everything off to anyone to do inside the studio, and basically everything that's not SAO related is badly done. It's done half-assed, um, whenever, whatever you want to say. And A1 Pictures has a track history of doing these multimedia projects, these original animes that they do, that is not great. The track history they have is really muddled up by some specific instances of really big hype and really low deliverables, low deliveries, sometimes atrocious, let's say, for their caliber. And, and this is the thing that I need to get out. I'm not criticizing because I don't like A1 in general. I don't like the way they do things considering the quality of work they do. So if you watch SAO from the first one to the new one, I don't actually know at this point what SAO is up to nowadays. I think the progressive series is still going, but whatever. The thing is, SAO is really well done. The animation's good, the presentation's good, the story is debatable but good and the whole thing is a really nice anime really entertaining piece of media the other works that a1 has done mainly their original works not their adaptations the adaptations are arguably really good still but you can see that they mostly focus on sao in general the thing is a1 the last let's say original 
anime they did was back in 2016. And I'm not counting Darning the Franks because Darning the Franks is mainly Studio Trigger's work with assistance from A1 Pictures. I do not count Darning the Franks when I say this, but A1 Pictures, the last original work that they did, that was their solo work, only them, was Quality Code in 2016, which was a huge, monumentous flop. It is not even... I can't sugarcoat it. The, the anime of Qualidia Code is a huge flop. I have not done a review on it. And I don't actually intend to, for the most part. Unless a lot of people want to see it. But simple to say, Qualidia Code had so much hype, but delivered none of it. The whole hype train went head first into the crowd really spectacularly. It is a nice case of big hype and no delivery at all, to the point that I think most people dropped the, the anime when it was re originally releasing, because some of those episodes are really, really bad. But I'm not here to talk about Quality Code today, I'm here to talk about Engage Kiss. And this basically is the context of how I entered this review. So I have this, and I need to be clear about it, I have this clear bias against A1 Picture original works. And for the most part, I wanted to be surprised. I wanted them to deliver me something nice, something that I could say that was really original, something, a new IP, something that I would want a second season, something that I would go out, uh, watch, and then after that I would be here saying, please have a second season. This was my expectation, and for the most part, I wanted to see it like that. Now, the thing is, for the most part, I need to start the story here because I have to explain more or less what happens before I get to my opinion, because my opinion is a little bit more complicated and I need to give the context of what the hell is going on. So, we start our story with our protagonist, Ogata Shu. I'm talk about the naming Shun specific is let's say a trigger word because it reminded me also from it reminds me of Guilty Crown again because Shun Shu you, you know it's it's basically the same thing and we start with Ogata Shu our main protagonist and basically and the first episode is somewhat confusing Although the, the presentation is really well done because this is made by A1 Pictures, I'll be really brief about this. The first episode, basically, we get introduced to this Rayon City that is this um, independent city-state on the Pacific Sea that they have found this mystical mineral that can convert into clean energy and whatever. And they are basically the only state that has control over their refining and energy production. Basically, they have this infinite energy kind of deal. But also, on the side, the city is tormented by random attacks by demons. They call them demon hazards, demonic hazards. I 
the hazards I don't actually remember what they really call it they call it the hazards for the most part but whatever and the thing is they have to cover it up the government has to cover it up from the general public because otherwise they would have for some reason interference from outside forces so so basically the big powers of the world would send troops and have military intervention inside the city and whatever and that would end up being the pretext to everybody knowing about the technology they use to get this infinite energy uh, mineral that they have that being said they have these these the hazards these demonic attacks and they have to to fight it off obviously police can't do anything because obviously in an anime with demons the demons don't take damage from normal lead bullets so there's this whole underground let's say under the wraps market of pmc's private military corporations companies that operate in rayon city that are contracted by the the government basically they have this whole bidding system so they bid on the most effective and least expensive countermeasures package let's say for each of the d hazards that appear and so whoever wins it has to fight the demons it's really it comes out as a something really bureaucratic in a way so it became kind of commonplace at this point let's say for those inside this kind of market and really at this point really for me at the very least makes it seem like the the hazards have they at first were something that made people surprised and worried but at some point it became a commodity more or less it seems like people just deal with it nowadays and there's no really a risk to it if people die they just die it takes the makes the stakes of the threat of the demons really low it makes it seem like the demons are more a little more than a nuance rather than a huge threat to the city and whatever that being said so we get ogatashu who's this solo guy at the, the very beginning of the first episode He's the solo guy that operates one of these PMCs, a really small firm, INS Office. And basically he, as a solo guy, and basically they try to they try to build this in his character that he lowballs everyone every time. So basically cuts off the competition inside the bits. So basically he's not liked by anyone of the other PMCs. That being said, so we get to the to the fight at the beginning, and we see that the these the hazards happen randomly with normal people for no apparent reason that they can find, and for the most part, no nobody that actually appears there to try to fight it actually does any damage. So normal people can't can't fight demons. Who would have thought? But then we get introduced to our main heroine, the girl on the cover, and that looks like you know the a lot. Kisara. Kisara has no surname, so whatever. Kisara is shoes. Let's say to be lover. She wants to be, and to cut it short, 
After they kiss, she gets a power-up, transforms, and fights the demon with a sword. Uh, really a nice design of a sword, let's say. And fights the demon, and easy peasy, we all go home. That being said, uh, we get this whole world building that actually Shu has Kisara as this wants-to-be lover. And Ayano, who's that other girl that happens to know a lot about Shu, and at this point it... The characterization of these two, the relation of, of them, is really strange because it seems like they have been engaged for some time, but at the same time, you can tell that something went wrong and Shu, for some reason, appears not to, let's say, he appears like he wants to deflect blame from, for whatever reason that he did something that went wrong. And at this point, we don't actually know, but then... As the story goes on, and, and for, this, for the most part, the first episode has the introduction of Shu, Kisara, Ayano, and this concept of Shu has to kiss Kisara so she can transform, and, and actually, she's the only one that actually can kill demons. And for the most part, the, from the second episode to, I don't actually know, the sixth, the seventh episode, I don't actually remember. They have this really huge world building, some of the people they drop a lot of people really fast into the story to make this world building to make this seem important to try to present everybody who actually takes a role in this thing but then the thing is it becomes really thin to a point that i cannot truly tell you what the hell happens after the first episode they have a bit of the villain of the week so there are more and demon hazards that appear and Kisara always kisses Shu and gets this transformation, fights the demon, defeats the demon and there's this whole thing. Always the demon ends up being defeated by a combination of Shu and Kisara because Shu has this, I would say, really strange flintlock 50 BMG pistol that fires magical bullets for some reason and they introduce a whole lot of uh, nuances to the world, so the fact that actually the police can actually fight the demons because they can't use heavy caliber weapons. Although you can't really, they just gloss over it and never really explain why or what the hell is the have weapons act that they call and why it was passed in the first place if something like that exists and why the PMCs in the first place if you have the police or if you could build an army. I have to assume, and this is me theorizing here, that it is a way to more or less mimic the way that Japan works because they don't actually have an army, they have the self-defense force, but that's not exactly an army, but still, that that's besides the point. The thing is... As the story progresses, we get more people introduced, so we get the mayor, the vice mayor, the fact that the whole the whole upper part of the executive power in this city is a single family with, you can, you can guess, a nepotism or whatever, although they don't actually show that they have elections, nor a council, but still. And we get this thing where actually Shu... At the beginning of the story, at the very least, he's a really small PMC. He's a solo guy, basically, with, living with Kisara for the most part. But Kisara, for 
one at the start she's a high school student and she was already an adult and whatever but she is basically down his luck without a penny to spare so he cannot pay his his bills and basically anything that he has to pay to live as a normal adult uh, he cannot because he has no um no money so lowballing all the other pmcs comes at a cost and basically they uh they make fun of him at the start for this so much so that at some point kisara has to let's say cook on the in the dark because he has no electricity or gas in, at his office slash home and the whole thing runs around the fact that uh shu is a penniless idiot ayano and kisara cat fight each other for Shu for some reason and Shu in general is not a likable character at the very least for me. Uh, the story goes on and we have this whole uh, villain of the week kind of deal until a certain point where they decide to finally introduce some overarching plot I think by episode 6 that actually all the demon attacks are connected and that for some reason Shu has this objective that he uses Kisara to do it. Basically, whenever Kisara transforms, she has to take something from Shu. The one thing that she takes from him are his memories. So the more time that Shu keeps on fighting the demons, the more memories he loses. And so this explains why, uh, for the most part, although Ayano has implied that he has a whole lot of a huge relationship with him for a long time he does not remember a lot of of it and for the most part a whole lot of other people start to catch up to the fact that she doesn't actually remember some some things that are let's say some things that marked him let's say formed him as the person he is nowadays and that ends up being the why he's Kisara actually is a demon and she has a contract with Shu so he sells his memories let's say provisionally and so she can fight and then we eventually get the explanation of why Shu does this why he has this contract with her the fact is um, 12 years ago when the the city was at its at its beginnings and the magical mineral had just been discovered uh, Shu's parents and his little sister were killed in an explosion in one of the mines that they used to mine this thing and but Shu for some reason believes that this was all planned and that actually his sister is still alive although his pretty certain that his mother and father passed away, his sister is alive somewhere and he wants to recover her, to save her. And basically the his method to, to reach that is to use Kisara as power to fight demons and eventually find the, the culprit and save his sister and redeem his late father because for some reason, some some of the things that happened left his family's name uh, dirty with something that happened. It's not really well explained, but still. And so there's this huge mystery where they go around and find people and people get killed by another demon that appears out of nowhere. And the whole thing 
it goes around and around and around and in between of that we have Shu and Ayano and Kisara leaving and having the cat fights and Shu eventually even sleeps with Ayano again and then we get to actually discover that they were at some point girlfriend and boyfriend but then they broke up for some reason the whole we have a whole dump lore dump at this point in the let's say the eight episodes that happen we have a whole lore dump a whole world building some things that don't actually help a lot and then we get the whole trope of at the point where Ayano catches up to the fact that Shu is losing himself, uh, fighting with Kisara. She confronts him of, you will die if you keep going with her. And he reassures her that he wants to do it because he has an objective and so on and so forth. This whole thing happens. It turns out that one of Shu's mentors slash paternal figures it's actually the bad guy and they have this huge explanation that actually the guy was coerced into doing a thing in order to get his daughter saved from a um, chronic illness that she had and and this is the spoiler alert right I, I should have said this before but spoiler alert one of the the paternal figures of Shu is actually the bad guy and then they have this whole thing where actually they discover that Shu's mother was actually the incarnation of the big bad demon that actually birthed Shu's sister and Shu's sister is actually the actual daughter of the big bad demon and so that's why she actually vanished and was basically in an incubator for the last 12 years so she could become the big bad demon anew because his mother passed away and we discovered that actually the accident was caused by Shu's dad to kill the mother to save Shu for some reason and the whole thing's a mess the whole thing's a mess by the end we see Shu nearly losing himself and then at the side of his love almost uh, losing himself inside this whole thing Kisara gives up all his memories again and gives up her memories so she forgets who he is and then he gets to fight his little sister and more or less save his little sister and the ending is that corny stuff where a cat fight cat fight and we don't actually know who he chooses at the end and that's the whole story of English Kiss <laughs> really botched version but whatever so now for my opinion I wanted to keep this review less than 40 minutes but I don't think I will achieve that so for my opinion and the general critique of this anime so as I previously already said the presentation is really nice the animation is really nice at sometimes and competent at others that is to say the average is pretty good now i have to talk about the story the music has a little bit that i want to talk about but it's really just two notes the thing is the story the story is not engaging let's say it it really left me hanging for the most part the story has this whole thing where 
every one of the main protect the main characters Shu, Ayano, and Kisara, for the most part, they are all known quantities. Although this is a new IP and for the most part a new series, it comes up as a derivative set of characters and that is hard to say considering that we are talking about anime because for the most part as I already said in many of my reviews and anybody can attest to it the archetypes in anime are not limited in the general sense but limited by the industry so that is to say that we know all the normal archetypes for your general anime or manga for the most part but at the same time in all this repetition we can find the difference the subtle difference that make any character different from the other the thing about engaged kiss is that the problem is not the repetition of the same tropes it's not if it's a yandere a tsundere or whatever the problem is that even in the nuances it feels like i have already seen this all the characters carry so much of the nuances from other characters from other series it is not let's say apparent at first it really comes up later or in hindsight but it feels like all of the let's say the nuance tropes that we see they all come back from somewhere in specific the one that really uh, really took me for a ride and considering that A1 Pictures worked on that in the Franks this really hit me on the face really on the nose let's say it was the the situation where and this may as well be to be blamed on the design of the characters but there is this part at the beginning where we don't actually know what Kisra does to Shu so Shu becomes let's say this apathetic guy that Ayano, who looks a lot like Ichigo from Darling the Franks, looks at the main character and says that if you keep working with her, you will die. It's not really what she says, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but it comes out like this, and for the most part, it comes out precisely as Darling the Franks, when Ichigo says to Hiro, if you keep riding with her, you will die and then he reassures her that that's what he wants and not only that but it comes up later on when we after we discover that she takes his memories that she has that zero two moment where she reassures him just to take his memories again and really is on the nose right it really is explicit that they basically took the same premise and did it again. I'm not saying that they actively did that, but it certainly is jarring to draw the comparison and see that the same studio did it, uh, let's say, twice in the span of four years. But still, not only that, but this, this is the one part a lot of the tropes are really, let's say, it gives a deja vu. Let's say Kisara also has their, her moments as let's say more at the start, really, where I don't know he's talking 
with Shu about working with kids that I know, it really reminded me of Guilty Crown when Haru starts to question uh, Inori's intentions with Shu and the whole thing. And also, Kisara has the moments where it reminds me a lot of Yuno from Mirai Nikki because there is that moment where, oh, he praised me and then she starts to kill people. In this case, we're killed demons, but the the feeling is the same. You you know what I'm saying. The the feeling that, oh, I, I saw this already, it permeates this anime for the most part. And it really hits a certain note that feels really off. For the most part, I was looking for something different, you know what? And this is not it. This is not it. But besides that, that that, that is just, uh, let's say, a little nitpick compared to the real problem of this anime. And basically, the main problem that I see with the writing on this anime, aside from the fact that Kisara and Ayano are really just not likable in general. They just don't vibe with me. I, I don't know. I don't have a concrete reason of why. But for the most part, the chemistry are, is not there. They're, I don't know if it's a, a scripting thing or whatever. But it's not really there for me. The main problem with this anime is Shu and the fact that he loses his memories. So it is implied at the very beginning that Shu is a nice guy and he has been deteriorating the last whatever so years that Ayano has been with him as a friend and then as a girlfriend and then after they broke up she never let go of him she still loved him and for some reason he broke up and appeared with a new girl and Ayano was jealous about it and the whole thing works down from there. But the thing is, Shu's not likable as a character. I found it really, really hard to to actually uh, see his side of the story and like him. Because for, for the most part at the beginning, he's really just... Why do people fight over this guy? And to be fair, most of the harem protagonists out there, you could say that. I know that it's ironic that I'm saying it after reviewing so many of Heron anime, but at the same time, the anime never really shows his cool part, where other anime take their time to show where the guy is cool and his growth as a person and the moment that makes him liked by the girls. Engage Kiss doesn't take its time to show why she was liked. It just assumes that he is liked from moment zero and doesn't convey to the audience what makes him liked. So it's more of a problem that we as audience don't see him as a nice guy. We see him as a normal guy. And it comes out as confusing of why the girls fight over him if he's just a normal guy. And not only that, at some points with the fact that he loses his memories and talks shit a lot at some point, he comes out as a jerk. It really becomes difficult to root for the guy and he's not likable for the most part. Which brings me again to the to the thing I was talking about. Kisara and Ayano, I don't like them. 
But for the most part, I don't like Shu because he is not a nice protagonist. For the most part, he has no redeemable features whatsoever. He has a nice superpower. I mean, the, grabbing this single shot 5th BMG pistol and shooting magic out of it, it's pretty nice. But again, that's just it. Let's say personal soft skills wise, he's not charismatic. He's just a poor guy without anything. Why do these girls fight over him? That's the, the question that comes up a lot. And then we, we go to the second thing that the writing really just goes wrong. The way that they evolve the story as he loses more and more memories throughout the development of the episodes and the fact that we eventually get to see that Kisra actually when she takes his memories she can target specific things it becomes really I don't know what's the word for that it's not jarring it is just idiotic at some point because for one, the stakes get real low at some points. He starts to lose so many memories that the reason he fights becomes blurry for himself. And that is, I mean, it's a logical conclusion that eventually he would be so out of memories that she would take something like that. But at the point that his determination is not really determined, it becomes blurry whether or not he would be fighting like he's fighting, right? And what what I'm trying to say is that the stakes get real low when he forgets what price he's paying. The at some point he forgets straight up the relationship he has with Ayano. Uh, later on, we get introduced to a third girl named Sharon that had somewhat romantic relationship with him before I don't know and he doesn't actually remember any of it there is this huge breaking point at the later stages of the anime where he sleeps with I don't know for a, let's say a second time and Kisara straight up steals the, those memories from him the moment she transforms the next chance and then I don't know comes up talks about the fact and he doesn't actually remember that's the point where the anime actually acknowledges that he losing his memories is actually a big deal and that he is losing himself he as a person is losing himself but at the same time at some points he fights the paternal figure and then forgets who the guy is and the, the stakes basically don't actually exist so he forgets the significance of the guy he just fought and killed and starts talking shit and at this point, it becomes really ludicrous to ask me as audience to, to care about the guy. Because I don't, at this point, I don't like the guy. At this point, I don't actually like this guy whatsoever. And he's losing himself and I'm seeing, the, let's say, this path of destruction. I don't know, I'm just along for the ride. I'm not rooting for him to, to recover or whatever. I don't like the guy. So I don't know whether the anime lost me way earlier and I should like the protagonist more, like the protagonists more, the, the girls and Shu, but I, I did, just didn't care. At the end, I just didn't care. The last three episodes is their uh, revival and the fight against the little sister. And at this point, I didn't, I didn't really care about anything, really. At that point, I was just waiting to, for the enemy to be over because 
the story is kind of ludicrous. The lore dump that they do in the first six episodes or so is just fluff. It doesn't actually add anything. There are a lot of characters that they present that don't actually matter for the most part. The whole thing feels so empty. And I don't like to use this kind of wording. I think it's way too way too meta to, to actually matter. But you are telling me a story about a guy who has an objective that has to contract a demon so he can find his little sister. But at some point, and this is a major plot hole that appears and really made me just lose the whole suspension of disbelief or whatever. They say that he is together with Kisara for, at the very least, one year since he returned to Byron City with Kisara. And then I just thought, hold on, one year? If we take the, let's say, the rate of demon hazards that we see in the anime as happening across an year, he shouldn't have any of his memories anymore by the rate and the quantity of memories that he loses from fight to fight i don't know how this guy is upright i don't know if how he has the notion of his own name at this point because if they fought the amount they fought in the same quantity of time they fought for the last year he shouldn't have any memories anymore. And at the point that I realized that, the whole anime just came crumbling down for me. Like, okay, this story just doesn't make any sense. Because they say that Kisara has been fighting demons for a long time since she came to the city. And given that, I know that plot convenience and plot shields is a thing, but at the same time, what the fuck? The guy wasted one year without finding anything about his sister? Why am I seeing this now? These are the things that I think about when I'm watching this. And, and clearly, I'm way too critical of this. I'm already clarified. I'm kind of biased when talking about original work coming from A1 Pictures. But again, I was hoping that this anime would be good and a nice new IP. But as it turns out, it was not. At the very least, flawed execution pretty nice presentation as I already said just a reminder when I talk about presentation it's art style photography so the way they present the scenes and the whole how they present the anime the composure of the scenes the images the whole thing that is pretty good just as a reminder this is the same studio that made the Idol Master and Idol Master Cinderella Girls which were really well done anime outright chef's kiss that being said i have to just a little bit about the music i don't like the opening because it's way too happy and way way too it feels out of place considering the thematic of this anime same goes from the ending uh, just a little bit that i don't want to drag this along way more this anime has a clear problem of not knowing what note it's on so at one point it is a normal rom-com at one point it wants to be serious at one point it wants to be tragic and it never settles on one of them 
and I mean there are cases where it can be done with multiple tones, multiple themings. This is not one of them. The delivery is really botched, really scuffed for the most part. The theming gets thrown around, the girls fighting in inopportune times, the comedic time really being bad. The whole thing just doesn't work as a package. And that's about it. So if you like my work, if you like what I do, thank you for listening. Please, if you can like, share, follow, subscribe, depending on the platform you're in. Please join the Discord if you can share with a friend. And I hope you stick around. Bye.